what motivates you to pray? I, I, I've prayed, I don't know how many sermons over the years that I have preached on prayer. Quite a few. And we've done a lot of prayer gatherings, done a lot of things. But really the question comes down, I, I feel like the question really comes down to what motivates you to pray? What needs to happen in your life that will activate something within you that you begin to pray like a person from a different world? Pray and to make a difference. Pray to shape this world. What is it that motivates you? Just think about that for a second. If we're honest this morning, a lot of times the things that motivates us are crises in our lives, isn't it? That it takes a crisis, takes a desperate need, takes a lack of something in our life that will motivate us to pray. Or something that we see or something that happens in our nation that, that grabs us. And, and, and that's okay. You know, but I don't, believe, I don't believe that that's God's highest and best necessarily. I don't believe that God's highest and best is what I would call 911 prayers. You know, most of them are familiar with 911. When there's an emergency, what do you do? You dial 911. And we see we, and I believe that we do that with God all the time. Something happens, we we pick up our spiritual phone and we dial nine one one. God answers. You go, hey God, uh, it's it's me. Yeah, I know it's, it's been a while, but you know, uh, been really busy with ministry and stuff like that. But uh, but God, I got a real problem here. God, I really need some help. You know, this is the emergency line, my prayer line. Really need some help here, God. And so, you know, my finances are a wreck right now, God. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, I, I know. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have bought that probably. And but uh, it's it's a real wreck right now. And uh, so it's a well, it's it's a disaster, God. It really is a, just a total disaster. And so, God, I would really greatly appreciate it if you could, uh, you know, you could. Help me. Get me out of this place. And I would really appreciate it. But I'd be so grateful. I'll tell other people what you did for me. All right? I'll make sure I do that. I'll tell others and testify of that, God. But, but God, if you could, this time, just get me out of this. I really appreciate it. Okay, you take care, God. Oh, oh that's right. You did. You did. You took care, worry, things like that. Yeah, that's right. So we hang up. And that's, that's basically... For many of us, if we're honest, that, that's, that's the thing that motivates us many times if we're praying, that we, 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 we are becoming more a reactionary Christian. Become more of a reactionary type Christian that we're reacting to things that are happening in our lives instead of in our communion with God and our oneness with God that we're flowing out and we're operating, we're walking out His plans and purposes that he has for us in this world to make a difference, to shape this world. But our life becomes more of a reactionary type of reflex. So when things are in that place or whatever, man, we're reading the Word more, we're praying more, we're doing all of these things, and we react in that way. 
And you know what the, the amazing thing about, about it, that God moves. God, you know, out of his mercy and love, he does move. But how much better would it be if our prayer life flows out of that oneness with him, that communion with him? I used to, I used to have my list. We all had our, our list, our prayer list. We had to have our list. Man, we would write everything down. It was like Dear Santa list, okay? Kind of Dear God list. And we would have everything written down here. And I would spend my 15 minutes, 20, 30 minutes going through my list. And saying, God, just want you to be aware of these. This sure would help me. You know, God, if you'll take care of these things, I'd greatly appreciate it. You know, and, uh, oh, and yes, I believe it's going to reach lives, things like that too. But God, it really helped me, you know. And, you know, there's a season of time, I believe, that God, God does things in the midst of that. God honors that. But I believe there's so much more that God wants us to do. Amen. I, I put a quote in the bulletin this morning. And it, and, and it was, I'm not really sure who it's by. It, most of the quotes on prayer that I have found are either by Ian e. Bounds, Smith Wigglesworth, Leonard Ravenhill, some of those people, the people that I love, I read a lot about. But it says, God shapes the world by prayer. Prayers are deathless. I love that. Meaning there's no end to your prayer. Do you know today that we are experiencing things and we're seeing things happening in the realm of God, in the realm of heaven touching earth, not so much because of our prayers, but because of prayers that came way before us. And we are, we are partnering, we're walking in the midst of that. But it says that prayers are deathless. They outlive the lives of those who uttered them. They outlive a generation. They outlive an age. They outlive a world. Most people that you recognize that shape this world by their lives, by the acts of God, were great and deep women and men of prayer. You go back and read about their lives. The thing that probably stands out the most many times are how they commune with God in prayer, hearing His voice. What is God wanting to do to bring heaven upon earth that he allows me to participate in that and to declare his will and his purposes in this earth through prayer, not just getting what I need when things are really in a mess, but really furthering the kingdom of God, furthering what God wants to do and allowing us to be a part of that. It comes out of that place of communion comes out of that place of just spending time with him, hearing his voice, you know, hearing what, what God would have, to, would have to say. I believe that this was, this quote was, I believe it was uh, by Smith Wigglesworth. And he says, the, the soil in which the prayer of faith takes root is the life of unbroken communion. Let's just let that sink in for just a second. The soil in which prayer, the prayer of faith takes root or is activated or is manifested is a life of unbroken communion. 
We can do nothing apart from our communion with Christ. Nothing. Nothing at all. This life, God has designed this life such that not just as a one-way ticket to heaven, but it's designed this life to be a life of communion with him, oneness with him, operating out of that place, knowing that, knowing God in a way that we have never known God before, and sharing life together with God, and prayer comes out of that. Because when you understand what he says and why he says it and the purpose that it is meant for, and you declare that and you agree with that, you begin to see it manifested right before you in amazing ways. This past weekend, I just got back with several people here. Rifle was there. Casey was there. Some others were there. It was a, was a uh, uh, business, uh, a Christian business-type uh, gathering called Epic, and it was phenomenal. It was amazing. And I, and I just saw I just saw the testimony of people who who joined in with God and did something that no one expected that they could ever do. See, there is there is greatness within each of you because God lives within you and he is a great God. Amen. And God brings forth great testimonies and great acts and does great things and moves upon this earth in a great manner. And you get to be a part of that. There was a young lady that I had not seen in years. Years ago, many of you know that I was involved in campus ministry. I headed up an organization called Campus Harvest, which was based out of North Carolina. So I got to see some of the, some of the students way back then at Duke University, University of North Carolina, NC State, others. They, they were there at that conference. So it, was so it was so fun to get to reconnect and see them. But there was a young lady there named Wendy Clark. Now, Wendy was one of those young ladies back when she was a college student that was just sort of in the background. Actually, she wasn't even a student. She just was hanging out with the college students. She had gone to two years, I think, at Wake Forest University, decided uh, for one reason or another uh, not to continue that, but she just started working. And Wendy was just, you know, you, she was a sweet person, but you, you just can't, if you would have voted for the person that had the greatest potential to do something, you probably would not have voted for Wendy, more than likely. What she did in college, she cleaned houses. So you're just kind of thinking, well, that's, that's the future. You know, that, that's, that is a future. And, but you just, you never really expect to see a lot out of her. Wendy today is a multi-millionaire. What Wendy did, she took that thing of saying, listen, I can clean houses. I'm really good at that. I may not be good at some other things, but, man, I can clean houses. And she did that, did that and started a business out of that that developed into a, to a millionaire business, making millions of dollars in the city of Raleigh and Durham. All other, she has also established herself in other businesses, and uh, she is a multimillionaire today. And she got up on, on um, Friday afternoon and just blew the doors off the building and what she shared. And what she shared that God can use anyone, 
He can do anything because he lived within her. I'm going to tell you that, that, that we can touch this city and move this city by prayer because God is within us and lives within us. Amen? I want to do two things this morning. I want us to celebrate communion together because it's out of that place. It's a reminder that everything is centered. Everything is established. Everything happens in my life out of my relationship in Christ. He, bought the, he, he made the sacrifice. He bought me with his blood that I can experience that. And secondly, I want us to activate this morning a moment of prayer. Amen? We're going to do that. One last thing I want to share here before we, we do this is in the book of James, James is in chapter 5, and he's talking about um, just life within the church, life within the community of believers. And he was saying, that if any of you are, are not doing well, depressed, or whatever, gather people together, pray. He says, if any of you are rejoicing, let, won't you gather together and, and sing psalms together? If any of you among you are sick, let me call for the elders of the church to come, anoint, pray for them. And a prayer offered in faith, it will restore that one. He's setting the groundwork for community life, what community life should look like. That as we, we are ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we allow encouragement, and we allow joy, and we allow care and prayer to come through us to enable and help others. And he's talking about that, and he gives an example of a person that they would all identify with, they would all know, being a Jewish community, the life of Elijah. And he draws out, and he highlights this one person named Elijah. And it says, and in James chapter 5, he talks about the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. And this, this first sentence said, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And I've preached on that a number of times. I love what it says in the New, uh, New Passion Translation. It says, for tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. Kind of same thing, same thing, but just says it in a little bit different way. Let me say that again. The tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt the Amplified Version says, continuous prayer of a godly believer. I love it. It says in the Amplified, it says talking about tremendous power. It talks about dynamic and it's working. That's the type of prayer that God wants to bring through your life. That's dynamic and it's working. Dynamic and it's worth Not just to get you out of the ditch that somehow you've got yourself into, the power of God, the resurrection power of God is more than just to rescue us again and again and again and again. He's already rescued us. Amen? He rescued us from a place of darkness and brought us and transformed us to a place of light. And it's in that place of light that we learn what life is all about and we learn how to do life. We learn how Jesus said, said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
our life should demonstrate in everything that we do that the kingdom of heaven is at hand right now. Right now, watch how I live because you're going to see the kingdom of heaven come forth out of my life. That's how it should be, amen? How it should be. And prayer is such an important, powerful ingredient of that because it's that prayer, that communion, that speaking, that listening from God and, and hearing and knowing his heart and saying, okay, God, let's partner together. Let's do this. Let's bring heaven on this earth in this way. And we begin to declare it through prayer. So when we gather together and we're praying over the city or we're praying over our community, what we are doing, we're already agreeing with what God has already told us through the communion that we have had with him and hearing his voice and saying, okay, this is the will of the Father. And all I'm going to do is come in agreement and I'm going to declare the will of the Father. And that's exactly what Elijah did. He declared the will of the Father. You know, Jesus said, made some powerful statements concerning prayer. Mark eleven twenty four. many of us know that passage. It says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, because whatever you ask in prayer is what you have already heard from the Father. Because, see, Jesus asked for a lot of things in prayer, but it was only because he heard it from the Father first. It wasn't like, oh, well, I think this would be a good idea. So let me, let me kind of bring that forth. Let me, let me kind of shoot from the hip here. Jesus never did that. And he has set us the model that we never do that. That what we pray for comes out of that place of communion, comes out of that secret place that we've heard from the Father. And we know because we've heard from God, when we believe the Word of God, and we understand His will, and we understand what God has done in our lives already, we can declare that with boldness. And when we ask in prayer, he says, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Jesus said this, red letter words, guys, red letter words. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. It comes out of a place of oneness comes out of a place of communion, comes out of a place of knowing my identity is hidden in Christ. So what I'm asking for is not out of a selfish motive or not out of a just, well, I hope this works type thing, but it's out of a place of, man, this is what God has spoken to me. And we learn how to hear. We learn how to discern the voice of God. And we learn how to walk in maturity in that place. Are we going to miss it sometimes? Probably, yes. But, man, I tell you, you know, you're never going to learn how to walk unless you fall down and you get back up and you keep walking again. Can't tell you how many bike wrecks I had learning how to ride a bike. How many skin knees and shins and everything else. But, you know, got back up and kept going. Got back up and kept going. Elijah... He brings forth Elijah here and says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, not, no difference. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years, six months. It was in the nation of Israel. Elijah was a prophet in the nation of Israel during a time that they were not worshiping God, most of Israel. They were worshiping Baal. 
And, and, and so he knew, according to God's will, what God has said in Deuteronomy 11, that if you turned your heart away from God and you worship other idols, God says he's going to withhold rain. So he's just declaring what God has already said. And he's declaring, and he goes to Ahab and tells Ahab, listen, you know, it's not going to rain. The drought is coming because that you're worshiping other, other gods. And it didn't rain for three years. And then God speaks to Elijah again. He says, go now and tell him it's getting ready to rain. So we know the story. They met on the Mount of Carmel, had the showdown there at Mount Carmel with the Baal disciples and prophets and priests and and uh, and there was a great victory. They all the Baal guys all died, you know, and the people repented. And then he declares the rest of his prayer because of the response of the people, because it knows out of Deuteronomy chapter eleven, God says, "But if your people would repent, turn to me, then I will shower them with rain." So he declares that rain comes, and Elijah is known as a, a sort of a, a general of prayer. But the thing that, that the, the, there were three factors that I see in the life of Elijah that emerges out of his life that we need to grab hold of today. Because James said, listen, if there's one person that I can talk about, one person that I can give an example to you about, of what you need to model your life after concerning prayer is the man Elijah. And there were three factors that motivated, activated Elijah into hearing from the Lord, communing with God, and, de and declaring through prayer. And it's these three things. Very simple. He believed the Word of God. He understood the will of God. And he remembered the works of God. If you could just leave today with those three things, those three things will motivate you and activate you to be the prayer warrior that God wants you to be to shape this world, to believe him foremost, whatever God says, man, in your communion with him, to believe that and say, okay, God, I'm going to come into agreement with that because I believe you. Secondly, to understand why is God wanting to do this, his will. When God reveals his will in a matter, guys, we have direction, purpose, and power in prayer. We can pray with boldness and confidence. Let me say that again. When God reveals his will, when you understand why is God doing this today, why does he want to involve me in doing this, it does, three, it does these things. That we have direction, we have purpose, and we have power in prayer and we can pray with boldness and confidence. The last thing is that he remembered the works of God. He remembered all the times before that he had prayed and what God did. Again and again, God will introduce you and place you into impossible situations. Why does he do that? Because you have, you have the ability within you, because he lives within you, to change and shape something that resembles the kingdom of God. Amen? I don't know about you, but man, I want to be involved in that. I want to do that. You know? I just don't want to make enough money to, to you know, buy my bologna sandwiches and, 
hot dogs or whatever and make it. But I want to I want to sh- change this world. I want to partner with God and see the kingdom of heaven come and see miracles and see signs and wonders and see 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 life shaken. And it comes out of this place of communion and prayer. Amen. So we're gonna we've got about 25 minutes left. Or if Manny is preaching, we've got about 45 minutes left, okay? So uh, <laughs> what I'd like for us to do is first, um, if we could get a couple of guys to move the communion table over here, what I'd like to do is go ahead for us to, to gather together. Thank you, Brett. To gather together and let's, let's partake in communion together because it, it, it's going to be centered in that place. After receiving communion together, we're, we're going to break up into groups of four to six people, okay? We're going to take a few moments, and we're going to just listen to God. God, what do you want us to pray? And we're going to put some things up on the screen here that will possibly give you a little bit of assistance or whatever, but you don't, you can go by that. I'll just put some things down there concerning the church, praying over the leaders, the ministry, the resources of the house here, Richmond, praying over your communities, the education system, schools, teachers, colleges, universities, the government, local government here, national, our government, praying for our president and elected individuals, social issues, whether it's racial reconciliation, whether it's abortion, other social issues, and just revival for our nation. Now, you can gather together in groups and pray that, but I want you, I really want you to, as you gather together, say, okay, Father, what do you want us to pray about today? Maybe what you're going to pray about is there's someone in your group that desperately needs a breakthrough, whether in healing or whatever it is, and you're going to pray for them, and I believe that things are going to break through. Amen? So can we, can we partake in communion together? Amen. Let's all stand up, okay? Father, we thank you, God, for this opportunity as we've been talking this morning that this powerful weapon, this powerful thing that we get to partner with you about in communion and prayer, Father, God, it flows from what you did. It flows from your sacrifice. It flows, God, that you brought newness of life, that we became new creations in you because of you giving your body, allowing your body to be broken for us, and you shed your blood so that, God, that our past, God, we were so messed up. So ruined, God, that you came in and you changed everything in our lives. And, God, it still comes out of that new place that we are new creations in you, created, God, for good works. And so, Father, we gather together this morning, and, God, we remember that. God, we remember, Father, your goodness. We remember, God, your testimonies. We remember, God, again and again, we remember the things that you have done, Father, for us and through us, Lord God, because of the relationship that we have with you. And we celebrate that today. We celebrate that today. So let me encourage you to go ahead. Come on up here.